see. Broadcasting live out of the city of Chicago. We have been through some changes on the show. There will be some changes on the show because I have taken over some more duties that's going to curtail me. If not, just we'll be on at different times. So just look for it, okay? Just look for the George Wilder Jr. show. We'll be on different times. We will not be on. So far at this point, we will not be on four days a week anymore. At the same time, we'll be all over the place actually so just look for the show listen to the podcast anyway thanks 
for tuning into the George Wilder Jr. Show. I know some people have been, you know, uh, wondering what happened to the show. Nothing. If we're still here, we're going to always be here. But, you know, I mean, if you, you know, have to have your daily fix of the George Wilder Jr. Show, there's plenty, plenty, plenty of downloads and streaming you can do. We're all over the place. I'm in iTunes. I'm in TuneIn, TurnOn, or whatever it is, all of these uh, sites that provide podcasting and radio and internet radio shows from all over the globe. So you just just uh, Google the George Wilder Jr. Show, <laughs> and there it is. All right, the latest news is that the House, the House of Representatives, I'm looking at Nancy Pelosi right now, uh, just voted to terminate Trump's uh, national emergency declaration. That is great. That is so great. But now it goes to the Senate. But regardless, you know, it, it's the Democrats are doing something, and uh, to to try to rein this guy in and his bizarre behavior and to keep this guy from actually screwing up America. Okay, the George Wilder Jr. Show is back, and we're going to always be here. But you have to realize that some things change. Things never stay the same, no matter how long. Uh, we've been doing the show for about five years, and things change. Things, Nothing stays the same. Sometimes things just uh, inevitably change. It just changes just coming, you know. And But we are here. We will be doing the live shows. We will be, but it will be all over the place. I can't say... Uh, we'll be on it every night at 6 o'clock because things, you know, maybe we'll be on at 6 at some point. Then we'll be on at 11 or 12 in in the morning or in the PMs, uh, whatever. Uh, whenever I find time that I can do the show because I've taken on some more responsibilities. And uh, But the show, I will, I will keep doing the show because I love it. I love doing the show. And uh, people uh, uh, who who are guests on the show and who have been guests on the George Wilder Jr. Show, you're welcome to come back. Uh, uh, always welcome to come back. You know, you don't have to have a front seat to come back. You don't have to uh, just email me, drop me, a, inbox me on Facebook or some other social networking sites and say you want to be on the show, to show because you have a book or you just want to just chill out and just talk. This is the place to do it. This is the place to do it, but make sure you uh, uh, get the right times for the show to be on. We're going to try and at least uh, – we're going to try and at least keep uh, uh, some of those um, slots for 6 o'clock in the evening, 6 o'clock p.m. Chicago time in the evening. Uh, But I'm pretty sure we're not going to be able to do – Four days of straight. We may do do some shows, as I just mentioned, um, um, eleven o'clock or or at eleven thirty in the morning or something like that, or you know, uh, one or two midnight shows or something, one or two o'clock in the morning or something like that. Uh, and then you just you don't have to always listen to the George Wilder Jr. Show live. You can always listen when the show is podcast. That's great. I mean, or you can listen to it anytime you want to, and, and that's all. It's always a great feeling to know that people are listening to the show in their car, um, driving home from work, driving home from school, driving to school, driving to work, whatever. However, you listen to the George Wilder Jr. Show, unless you're streaming it live on your iPhone or whatever, uh, it's all it's all appreciated. <laughs> I know a lot of people say oh, you're always talking about Donald Trump. You ought to stop. Um. Yeah, because I, I, as I've said before, 
Um, this is America, and I love America, and I don't want to see it destroyed. Uh, I'm so surprised. I'm surprised, like so many other people, that Donald Trump isn't in jail yet. He's not behind bars. I thought when the Democrats uh, uh, took over the House of Representatives after we gave them the blue wave that things were going to be sh- shaking. Things are <laughs> things are not shaking. Uh, but anyway, um, the House of Representatives, they just voted. Maybe they're starting to shake. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, the, the House of Representatives just voted to terminate a Trump's national emergency declaration. Um, I mean, that's breaking news, folks. That's, uh, that's breaking news. So we're going to see what else they're saying about this. Uh, because I just came on, you know, and it's, and it's just actually – it just actually uh, started. I mean, they just voted for to kill this thing, and I'm hearing now that it uh, since they voted to kill it, it there it goes to the Senate, and we know the Senate is filled with Republicans, Trump's assholes. We know that, so I'm thinking that it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere. But I do know that there are some Republicans who are just as adamant as Democrats and not wanting Trump to steal taxpayer money. Because that's that's what it's all about. It's saying the House the House votes to overturn Trump's uh, uh, declaration of uh, okay, the votes fell short of two-thirds of the chamber needed to override the president's veto. Trump has issued a veto threat on the measure. Uh if they don't have the votes to override his threats, then hey, why, you know, because the Republicans, the Senate has to go along with what the Democrats are doing. If if they don't go along with what uh, uh, the Democrats are doing, then this is just a um, procedure for the Democrats. Okay, because 13 Republicans voted with the Democrats to pass the measure. Okay. Okay, M- McConnell un- unsure if President. Trump's declaration is legal. Now, how can he be unsure? It is illegal. You're stealing taxpayer money. That's all it is. Taxpayer money. He's stealing our money to build a wall where, where, as you probably know, where there is no emergency. No emergency. He just got it in his craw that he wants to do something because he's President of the United States. I'm president. You're not. Um, okay, it says Michael Cohen p- apologized to Senate panel for lying. Really? He lied? Of course. That's why he's in prison right now. Okay, Wisconsin governor pulls National Guard from southern border. It's a lot of these states who are pulling guards, pulling uh, the national, pulling their troops away from the southern border. Yeah, um, because they don't believe that there is a problem. So many states do not believe there is no kind of problem at this uh, U.S.-Mexico border. The only person that believes that is Donald Trump, and he's wilted, very, very wilted. Anyway, um, votes fell short. Okay, the votes fell short of of two-thirds of the chamber needed to override. So they can't override his veto. Once he vetoes this thing, 
you know, there's no overriding of this because the Republicans are on, are in Trump's butt. What can you say? They are in his butt. They afraid they they some a lot of Republicans. Uh, they just they are just afraid of Donald Trump. What can you say? They're afraid of him. Then there's some uh, uh, very few Republicans say, "Hey, wow, my my constituency, my district voted me in to represent them. My state voted me to represent them, and that's what I'm going to do." But you got a lot of Republicans saying, "Hey, I'm sticking with Trump," you know. So, but. This is good. This is good. Um, the Democrats making some sort of stand against Donald Trump, even if they fail. They have to make some sort of fa- uh, stand. He's going to veto this thing. House votes to block Trump's national emergency. But ho- however, he will override this thing and uh, he will continue to try to steal money to build a wall on the southern border where there is no crisis, folks. There is no crisis. Why does this man want to steal our money, hardworking Americans' tax money, to build a wall to keep people out? Because he's a racist. He is a natural-born racist. He doesn't like Anybody, if they're not white, and we all know this, the man is a racist. And you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, and we're going to find out a little bit more on what the Democrats have done. Uh, it, it doesn't seem to be um, going to phase Donald Trump because Donald Trump is, as I said before, it's almost March, folks, March 2019. And I'm thinking Trump was, should have been in jail, prison, impeached, indicted before then. But he's still there. He's still there. What are the Democrats waiting on? This is why we voted them in, gave them power so they can check and balance this guy and steal and all. They're not doing what we want them to do. They're doing what they want to do. They think they're smarter than we are. I don't know. Trump has reigned for too long and has put too much damage on this uh, country economically, socially. Uh, Kamala, Har- Kamala Harris, one of the uh, Presidential candidates who are running in 2020 comes come out and say Trump is a racist. Bernie Sanders has come out and said Trump is a racist, white supremacist, national white nationalist. Majority of some of these Democrats who are running for president are coming out and saying he's a racist. We've known that Trump is a racist for years. It's not that we've just know that we've known it. Trump knows it, and he doesn't give a damn if we know it. Wow. So, well, I'm looking at it right here. It says that Trump is a racist. We know that Trump is a racist. That's no news. Tell us how you're going to get his ass out of our White House. 
Tell us if he's going to be indicted. Tell us when he's going to prison like everybody else have who were in his or are in his inner circle. Tell us something we don't know. Nancy Pelosi is walking around like she's the biggest star in the world. And yet Trump still sits in our White House. And I hear people say, well, give her time, George. Give her some time. She's going to nail him. But it's been so long. It's like you're losing faith in Robert Mueller. Mueller's a Republican. Remember that. You're losing faith. And the Democrats, you give them the power to check and balance this guy. And he's still, he, and he's still destroying America. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I just feel that America has just lost its way. Okay. House okays Democrats bill blocking Trump's emergency on wall. All right, Democrats ignored a veto threat and rammed legislation through the House Tuesday that uh, would stymie uh, Donald Trump's bid for millions of extra dollars for his border wall. Remember all of that, all those times Trump was saying Mexico was going to pay for it. Mexico gave him the finger. Now he's now he wants to steal taxpayer money. Okay, escalating a clash over whether he was abusing his powers to advance his paramount campaign pledge. Just because you make a campaign pledge doesn't mean that it's a good one, doesn't mean that it should be authorized. It's bad for the country. It's bad for, it's bad for the economy, but Trump doesn't give a damn. All right, the House, 245 to 182 votes to block Trump's national emergency declaration it throws the political hot potato uh, to the Republican-run Senate, Senate uh, where there were already enough uh, GOP deflections to edge it uh, to the cusp of passage. Vice President Mike Pence used a lunch with Republican senators at, at the Capitol to try to keep them aboard, aboard something that's not a crisis, Right. Citing a dangerous crisis at the border, but there is no signs he succeeded. There is no crisis at the border. There is no crisis at the border. Mike Pence should be sitting right beside Donald Trump in prison. This is what I'm hearing. I personally couldn't handicap the outcome of this at this point, said Senator Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who is planning to vote within the next three weeks. And just about, I th- I've heard that 16 and, and more states are suing Donald Trump, trying to keep his mitts off taxpayer money to build a wall on the U.S. government, U.S.-Mexico um, border, where there is no crisis. No crisis, folks. No crisis. The Senate passage would force Trump's first veto. Congress would surely lacked the vote to override but the showdown was forcing Republicans to cast uncomfortable votes pitting their support for a president widely popular with the GOP voters against fears that his uh, expansive expensive use of emergency powers would invite future Democrats presidents to do likewise for their own pet p- policies 
I don't know if Democrats would do the same thing just because Trump is doing it. Trump is doing this out of spite. He's doing it out of meanness. He's doing it doing it out of just uh, wanting to uh, do these things because he's president. Yes, I do think, and a lot of us think that he is abusing and misusing his presidential powers. Why would someone want to build a wall or where a wall is not needed? Lying about what's going on uh, on the border, who's coming across it. And remember, folks, we still have kids in cages. We still have children in cages. All right, the George Water Jr. Show is on the air. We're going to be right back. I just love this guy. This is, <laughs> this is George Carlin, the late George Carlin. But in the bullshit department, in the bullshit department, a businessman can't hold a candle to a clergyman. Because I got to tell you the truth, folks. I got to tell you the truth. When it comes to bullshit, big time, major league bullshit, you have to stand in awe. In awe of the all-time champion of false promises and exaggerated claims, religion. No contest. No contest. Religion. Religion easily has the greatest bullshit story ever told. Think about it. Religion has actually convinced people that there's an invisible man living in the sky who watches everything you do every minute of every day. And the invisible man has a special list of ten things he does not want you to do. And if you do any of these ten things, he has a special place full of fire and smoke and burning and torture and anguish where he will send you to live and suffer and burn and choke and scream and cry forever and ever till the end of time. But he loves you. He loves you. He loves you and he needs money. He always needs money. He's all-powerful, all-perfect, all-knowing, and all-wise. Somehow, just can't handle money. Religion takes in billions of dollars, they pay no taxes, and they always need a little more. Now, you talk about a good bullshit story. Holy shit. Thank you very much. But I want you to know, I want you to know something. This is sincere. I want you to know, when it comes to believing in God, I really tried. I really, really tried. I tried to believe that there is a God who created each of us in his own image and likeness, loves us very much, and keeps a close eye on things. I really tried to believe that, but I've got to tell you, the longer you live, the more you look around, the more you realize something is fucked up. Something is wrong here. War, disease, death, destruction, hunger, filth, poverty, torture, crime, corruption, and the ice capades. <laughs> Something is definitely wrong. This is not good work. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Results like these do not belong on the resume of a supreme being. This is the kind of shit you'd expect from an office temp with a bad attitude. <laughs> and just between you and me, 
in between you and me, in any decently run universe, this guy would have been out on his all-powerful ass a long time ago. <laughs> and by the way, I say this guy because I firmly believe, looking at these results, that if there is a God, it has to be a man. No woman could or would ever fuck things up like this. So, 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 if, if, if there is a God, if there is, I think most reasonable people might agree that he's at least incompetent and maybe, just maybe, doesn't give a shit. Doesn't give a shit, which I admire in a person and which would explain a lot of these bad results. So rather than be just another mindless religious robot, mindlessly and, and aimlessly and blindly believing that all of this is in the hands of some spooky incompetent father figure who doesn't give a shit, I decided to look around for something else to worship, something I could really count on. And immediately, I thought of the sun. Happened like that. Overnight, I became a sun worshiper. Well, not overnight, you can't see the sun at night. <laughs> first thing the next morning, I became a sun worshiper. Several reasons. First of all, I can see the sun, okay? <laughs> yeah. Unlike some other gods I could mention, I can actually see the sun. I'm big on that. If I can see something, I don't know, kind of helps the credibility along, you know? So every day I can see the sun as it gives me everything I need. Heat, light, food, flowers in the park, reflections on the lake, and occasional skin cancer, but hey, <laughs> at least there are no crucifixions and we're not setting people on fire simply because they don't agree with us. Sun worship is fairly simple. There's no mystery, no miracles, no pageantry, no one asks for money, there are no songs to learn, and we don't have a special building where we all gather once a week to compare clothing. And the best thing, the best thing about the sun, it never tells me I'm unworthy. It doesn't tell me I'm a bad person who needs to be saved. Hadn't said an unkind word. Treats me fine. So, I worship the sun. But, I don't pray to the sun. Know why? I wouldn't presume on our friendship. It's not polite. I've often thought people treat God rather rudely, don't you? Asking you know, trillions and trillions of prayers every day, asking and pleading and begging for favors, do this, give me that, I need a new car, I want a better job. And most of this praying takes place on Sunday, his day off. <laughs> Not nice. And it's no way to treat a friend. But people do pray, and they pray for a lot of different things. You know, your sister needs an operation on her crotch. Your, your brother was arrested for defecating in a mall. But most of all, you'd really like to fuck that hot little redhead down at the convenience store. You know, the one with the eye patch and the club foot, huh? Can you pray for that? I think you'd have to. And I say, fine, pray for anything you want. Pray for anything. But what about the divine plan? Remember that? The divine plan. Long time ago, God made a divine plan. Gave it a lot of thought, decided it was a good plan, put it into practice. And for billions and billions of years, the divine plan has been doing just fine. Now you come along and pray for something. Well, suppose the thing you want isn't in God's divine plan. What do you want him to do? Change his plan? Just for you? Doesn't it seem a little arrogant? It's a divine plan. What's the use of being God if every rundown schmuck with a $2 prayer book can come along and fuck up your plan? <laughs> and here's something else, another problem you might have. Suppose your prayers aren't answered. What do you say? Well, it's God's will. Thy will be done. 
fine. But if it's God's will and he's going to do what he wants to anyway, why the fuck bother praying in the first place? Seems like a big waste of time to me. Couldn't you just skip the praying part and go right to his will? It's all very confusing. So to get around a lot of this, I decided to worship the sun. But as I said, I don't pray to the sun. You know who I pray to? Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Two reasons. First of all, I think he's a good actor, okay? To me, that counts. Second, he looks like a guy who can get things done. Joe Pesci doesn't fuck around. Doesn't fuck around. In fact, in fact, Joe Pesci came through on a couple of things that God was having trouble with. For years, I asked God to do something about my noisy neighbor with the barking dog. Joe Pesci straightened that cocksucker out with one visit. It's amazing what you can accomplish with a simple baseball bat. So I've been praying to Joe for about a year now. And I noticed something. I noticed that all the prayers I used to offer to God and all the prayers I now offer to Joe Pesci are being answered at about the same 50% rate. Half the time I get what I want, half the time I don't. Same as God, 50-50. Same as the four-leaf clover in the horseshoe, the wishing well in the rabbit's foot. Same as the mojo man. Same as the voodoo lady who tells you your fortune by squeezing the goat's testicles. It's all the same, 50-50. So just pick your superstition, sit back, make a wish, and enjoy yourself. And for those of you who look to the Bible for moral uh, lessons and literary qualities, I might suggest a couple of other stories for you. Uh, you might want to look at the Three Little Pigs. That's a good one. Has a nice, happy ending. I'm sure you'll like that. Then there's Little Red Riding Hood, although it does have that X-rated part where the big bad wolf actually eats the grandmother, which I didn't care for, by the way. And finally, I've often always drawn a great deal of moral comfort from Humpty Dumpty. The part I like the best, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. That's because there is no Humpty Dumpty and there is no God. None, not one, no God, never was. In fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it this way. If there is a God, if there is a God, may he strike this audience dead. <laughs> See, nothing happened. Nothing happened, everybody's okay, all right? Tell you what, tell you what, I'll raise the stakes, I'll raise the stakes a little bit. If there is a God, may he strike me dead. See, nothing happened, oh, wait, got a little cramp in my leg, and my balls hurt. Plus, I'm blind, I'm blind, oh, now I'm okay again, must have been Joe Pesci, huh? God bless Joe.
but it's not as windy as it w- was a few days ago, uh, uh, the days before. It was really, really cold and windy, and that made it uh, a lot more uh, less bearable, <laughs> if, if you don't understand what I'm saying. It, it's cold now, but it's not as bad because the wind is not blowing you down the street. It's not blowing everybody down the street as it were uh, a few days ago uh, leading up to now, you know, so it's, it's winter. What can I say? And it, it's cold. And I just have a feeling that if you haven't had your flu shot, you are in trouble. And in some cases, if you have had your uh, flu shot, you're in trouble because this is an, un- this winter has been really, really brutal, not just in the city of Chicago, but I think, all around America, I think I think people are just cold. Yeah. And uh, if you have a job, if you're working every day or going to school every day, I mean, a lot of people already have sniffles, the cough or the sneezing. Uh, and a lot of people are taking these this sickness uh, to work with them. You, I mean, if you're sick, stay home. Do not go to work because you're going to Make things work worse. I mean, you're gonna give what you have to your coworkers. You don't want to do that. If you're sick, stay home. You just have to convince your. I know. I know that you have to pay bills and you have to do this and do that, and you need your money. You're living from one check paycheck to the next, you know. But hey, wow, you do yourself a favor if you stay home, drink coffee, tea, you know, hot soup. That's good. Uh, uh, than to take it to work with you. I know too many people who go to work sick. I mean, some people go to work dying. I mean, they're on their deathbed, but they're going to show up at work <laughs> and give what they have to everybody at work. That's not fair. I mean, if you don't, if you don't feel good, a call off, you know, uh, you know, you, if you have cough syrup or something to the, to, to that effect that can, cure you. I mean, hey, over-the-counter medicine is sometimes better than, you know, uh, prescriptions uh, that doctors write for you. Anyway, if the, the bottom line, if you're sick, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not immune to being sick either. I mean, it happens. It's cold. The weather is going to uh, affect a lot of people once it, once it is over. It's not over yet. A lot of people are sick. I have ran into a few of them myself, you know, coughing, sneezing. And if you're in a crowd of people, you can tell if someone is sick in that crowd, even if they do not mention that they're sick or they're feeling uh, awful or they have some sort of cold or congestion or even the flu. If you're in a crowd of people, you're going to, you're going to be able to tell if someone else around you is sick without them even saying that they're sick. Because you know what? You're going to smell it. It's going to be in the air. Sickness, when someone is sick and they're in your circle, you're going to uh, get that vibe that someone is sick because it feels like it. It smells like it. Let me get back. <laughs> because if you don't, then, you know, it, it, it's going to uh, affect you. I mean, if you've ever been on a crowded train or something, you know, for, for example, a crowded subway train or a crowded metro or Amtrak train, I mean, it's packed to the gills. It's a lot of people uh, 
packed on this train. And then you have people blowing in your face. They're sick as a dog and they're blowing in your face. Even if they're not blowing in your face, if they're, you know, adjacent right beside you and, you know, you're going to get off the train sick, come to work all healthy, feeling good and great. You're strong and you, you get off that train after they done blew in your face. You're sick. You're down for the count. <laughs> and that's bad. So this is why I say if you are sick, stay the hell home. Do not take it to work with you and give it to all of your coworkers. You know, you know, I understand that people have to pay their bills. They're living from one check to the next, as I've just mentioned. They're living from one check to the next. But think of yourself. Think of your coworkers. Do not. But I must get to work. I have to go to work. I have to. I have to go to work. I'm gonna get fired if I'm gonna. Uh, if I take off, no, you're not gonna get fired. They're just gonna have to find someone to. But anyway, even if they find someone to replace you, or for that day, that person that they may replace you with <laughs> may be sick also. You know, so um, I'm just hoping people had their flu shots because that's going to make the, a hell of a difference. And, and I do think that for 2019, uh, I do think the winter of 2019, I do think that more people have heed the warnings of not having a flu shot and they have gotten their flu shot because you don't hear about a lot of people dying from the flu. You don't hear about hospitals and doctor's office offices being over uh, inundated with patients with the flu like you heard last year 2018 like you've heard uh and in some cases the years before that's because people are getting their flu shots and that's a good thing um and there's then there are some people who are getting a double dose which is a good thing because when you when you have your flu shot uh people can be standing all around you with the flu and you will not get it you will be kind of immune to the flu uh, uh, so that's a good thing. And flu shots will keep you from getting the flu, maybe even save your life. So, uh, my suggestion to anybody, uh, get your flu shot, especially if you're living in cities like Chicago, New York, where it freezes, uh, <laughs> the polar vortex, uh, make sure you get your flu shot. And if you're sick, stay home. But, you know, one, one of the things about getting flu shots, I think they wear off. I, I think <laughs> once they wear off, make sure you, um, if, they, if they do wear off, uh, stay home if you're sick, you know. Uh, but there are some people out here who do not believe in flu shots. They don't believe in them. I mean, they will not get a flu shot. Those are the people who I do not want next to me when they're sick. <laughs> You know, because I'm going to get my flu shot. Nobody, no one is going to talk me out of not getting a flu shot after what uh, the academic of, of dying and flu sh- of flu uh, last year. No one is going to. And I do think that flu shots have, you know, stopped me from getting the flu several times. So there's no one. There's no way I'm going to let someone talk me out of not getting a flu shot because they don't believe in getting a flu shot. If you don't believe in getting a flu shot, please do not try to talk me out of not getting my flu shot. 
because I'm going to get my flu shot because I think it works. Well, uh, my religion tells me not to get a flu shot. Well, we don't know what they're putting in that stuff, so I'm not going to get it. I don't know what they're that's you, okay? <laughs> if you don't want to get a flu shot, do not get a flu shot, but do not try to stop me or anyone else who uh, gets their flu shot annually every year and it works for them. Uh, do not try to uh, tell them that they should not get a flu shot because we don't know what's in it. Okay? All I know is that the flu shot it probably saved my life, you know, and others and lives of others also. Okay. So I'm going to tell everybody out there, <laughs> stay warm, stay indoors, get your flu shot. I'm hearing that it's not too late to get a flu shot. I'm hearing that. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I, my, I, I am my family, my son, we got our flu shots, I believe, last year before before winter, and you know, and that's a good thing. So uh, I would suggest everybody to put put your uh, thoughts, put your negative thoughts about the flu shots aside, and get you get a flu shot. Maybe you will save your life and your family's lives. But I'm pretty sure they're saying, "Well, George, that ain't gonna work." <laughs> I said, "Well, then that's you." That's you. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Like I said before, at the beginning of the show, there's going to be some changes in 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 the um, format of the show. Uh, things have come up, you know, so it, uh, you're going to need some. There will be some changes, so look forward to that, folks. And you know, uh, come to my website and just read read all about the changes. Okay, once again. Uh, the House of Representatives vote to overturn Trump's declaration, but this will probably be Trump's first veto. There's no doubt about it. Trump abuses his power. He's he doesn't know uh, he doesn't know the impact of his decisions and what he does. He doesn't know the real impact of anything. He just does it because he's president and we're not. I mean, the guy said it. All right. Michael Cohen apologizes to Senate panel for lying. Cohen is disbarred in New York. So that means if he's disbarred because of his crimes, he is no longer a lawyer. He cannot. He can no longer represent you in a court of law. Lawsuits, civil suits, he cannot because he has been disbarred. That means his license uh, to practice law, to do law, has been curtailed or it is completely kaput. He is no longer a lawyer, so do not call him. He is a private citizen on his way to prison, and he is going to tell-tell on Donald Trump. Isn't that good? Isn't that great? I don't know, but it seems like Trump is just dancing out from under all of this. And I understand that the Democrats, uh, the reason why they haven't impeached Trump and done a lot of things that they need to do to get rid of, to get rid of Trump, it's because they're waiting on Mueller. They're waiting on the report from Mueller. And Trump and his goons may, and I'm going to say may, block it from the public. Mueller's final report on Donald Trump's collusions and crimes could be blocked from the American people, and that's 
to me, is against the law. That's against the law. We want to see what the hell is going on. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. The Democrats will not uh, do anything. They won't impeach him. They won't do anything because they're waiting on the report, the final Mueller report. Uh, I'm assuming if there wasn't a report, they probably would impeach him. But he will still be in office because the the uh, Republican-controlled Senate would probably not vote to impeach him. So, uh, But still, they can do that if they wanted to. It wouldn't get anywhere. He'll still be in office because the Republicans are going to make sure he stays there. And um, the only thing we got going, folks, is 2020. Trump, I, I, I have a feeling he's going to make it to 2020 because so far nothing, nothing whatsoever is being done about his crimes. He's skating out, either he's skating or he's dancing out from all of this and getting away with it. People are saying that Trump should resign. He will not resign because if he resigns, he's going to jail a lot sooner. And another reason he will not resign is because he loves power. This man chokes on power. He's drunk with presidential power. He abuses it. He wants to be a dictator, but he'll never be a dictator in America. Maybe if he goes to one of those third world countries in the, over in the Middle East, they might make him dictator, but he'll never be one in, in America. And it's another thing I don't understand. Why? Why? Is nobody talking about Ivanka's misuse of her private email? Why isn't nobody talking? Why aren't there hearings on that? Like there were hundreds or so hearings on Hillary Clinton's emails, which were nothing. Why aren't there hearings on this? Why aren't the Democrats banging the drum for Ivanka to come and sit in front of the for? the Senate and talk about this. She said she, they said she didn't know what she was doing. How the hell we know she's not lying like a daddy. It's just that I've said this for years. I just think that Democrats folks, I voted democratic. I voted uh, during the blue wave. I, I just still think Democrats are just weak. They talk a big game. I mean, they come out swinging, but in the end they fold. (laughs) Like a pair of uh, deuces in a card game. They fold. Adam Schiff. You just admire Adam Schiff. But seems like to me, I don't know. Anyway, uh, the House votes to overturn the emergency declaration. Cohen is disbarred in New York. He's no longer... Cohen is Michael uh, Michael Cohen is Donald Trump's was Donald Trump's former lawyer lawyer a fixer. Michael Cohen stated one time he would take a bullet for Donald Trump. <laughs> I guess he's changed his mind now. And uh, this guy is ruined, so he has no uh, reason to try to uh, 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 back up back Donald Trump up. He has every uh, reason that I know of t- to flip the trip on Donald Trump. 
All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Remember, folks, there are some changes coming to the show. Make sure you uh, stay abreast of what's going on on the George Wilder Jr. Show by coming to the Block Talk Radio website, uh, bearing my name. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. And I'm Juan Gonzalez. Welcome to all of our listeners and viewers across the country and around the world. The government shutdown enters its 12th day as President Trump prepares to meet with congressional leaders just a day before Democrats take control of the House. President Trump has insisted on including $5 billion for a border wall funding before he'll agree to sign any spending measure. Trump tweeted Tuesday, quote, border security and the wall thing and shutdown is not where Nancy Pelosi wanted to start her tenure as speaker. Let's make a deal. 800,000 government workers' lives have been thrown into disarray by the shutdown, with 380,000 on furlough and 420,000 who have worked without pay since the House and Senate failed to pass an end-of-year spending bill on December 22nd. This is President Trump speaking to Fox News on New Year's Day. So how far are you willing to go, Mr. President? When do you anticipate uh, talks with uh, Chuck and Nancy, as you say, sir? Well, I assume when they get back. I'm in Washington. I'm ready, willing, and able. I'm in the White House. I'm ready to go. They can come over right now. They could have come over any time. I spent Christmas in the White House. I spent uh, New Year's Eve now in the White House. And, uh, you know, I'm here. I'm ready to go. It's very important. A lot of people are looking to get mm-hmm. their paycheck. And uh, so I'm ready to go any time they want. No, we are not giving up. We have to have border security. And the wall is a big part of border security, the biggest part. This comes as Trump has issued an executive order freezing federal workers' pay, eliminating a 2.1% pay raise that was set to kick in in January. Well, we turn now to look at a federal workers' union that's suing the Trump administration over the shutdown. The American Federation of Government Employees, or AFGE, says it's illegal for federal workers to be forced to work without pay. In Washington, D.C., we're joined by two guests, David Borer is general counsel at the American Federation of Government Employees, and Heidi Barakowitz is the lead attorney in a lawsuit suing the federal government on behalf of members of AFGE and federal employees being forced to work without pay during the partial government shutdown. She's a partner at the law firm Kalajari, Chusey, Newman and Fitch. We welcome you both to Democracy Now! David Borer, let's begin with you. Um, <clears throat> I spent a lot of time in airports this weekend. And uh, I talked to a lot of TSA agents. Um, They're all being forced to work without pay. Can you explain how this is legal in any way? Well, good morning, Amy. Uh, That's right. We represent 42,000 TSA workers. And, yes, they're being forced to work without pay. They've been designated as essential employees and uh, there is no pay for, uh, for them or other uh, the furloughed employees because of the lapse in appropriations uh, when the spending authority uh, ran out before the holidays. So, yes, they're being forced to work without pay. Uh, 400,000 federal employees coming to work every day in essential services like TSA, like the Bureau of Prisons, like food inspectors and so forth, and yet uh, no promise even that they will ever be paid for this. 
Well, uh, Heidi Barakowitz, this is not the first time this has happened. Uh, can you talk about the lawsuit that was previously filed on this issue? I think it was back in 2013, and how far that got along uh, the way in terms of legally deciding uh, the government's power in regard to these shutdowns? Yes, good morning. Uh, the lawsuit that we filed just a few days ago alleges that the government's violating the Fair Labor Standards Act. It's a Depression-era law that sets the basic floor and minimum for worker protections in this country. It applies to all employers, including the United States of America. In 2013, um, after the government shutdown in October 2013, we filed a similar lawsuit, also alleging a violation of the FLSA. In response to the government's motion to dismiss, the judge determined that, in fact, the government had violated the FLSA. The only issue left in the case was whether or not the government was liable for liquidated damages. The court subsequently ruled that the government had not acted in good faith when it required all of these essential workers to go to work and not get paid on their regularly scheduled payday during the shutdown. And that's exactly what's happening again now. The government shutdown enters its 12th day today as President Trump prepares to meet with congressional leaders just a day before Democrats take control of the House. 800,000 government workers' lives have been disrupted by the shutdown. 380,000 workers on furlough, 420,000 who've worked without pay since December 22nd. President Trump has insisted on including $5 billion for border wall funding before he'll agree to sign any spending measure. On Christmas Day, Trump said the partial government shutdown will last until Democrats agree to $5 billion in, water, in border wall funding, despite his campaign pledge that he would ma make Mexico pay for a wall. I can't tell you when the government's going to be open. I can tell you it's not going to be open until we have a wall, a fence, whatever they'd like to call it. I'll call it whatever they want. But it's all the same thing. It's a barrier from people pouring into our company, into our country from drugs. It's a barrier from drugs. The only way you're going to do it is to have a physical barrier, meaning a wall. And if you don't have that, then we're just not opening. In Washington, D.C., still with us, David Bohr, General Counsel of the American Federation of Government Employees, and Heidi Barakowitz, lead attorney in a lawsuit suing the federal government on behalf of uh, federal workers. Now, um, he's talking about the wall for security, David. I mean, this is an astounding story. You have all of these people in charge of security, like the TSA agents at the airports, like the border agents on the border. None of them are being paid. That's right. And it's, uh, we view the Trump shutdown as uh, another example of, of what happens when uh, the government plays politics with the federal workforce. If you remember the government shutdown in 1995 and 96, Newt Gingrich said part of the reason for it was that uh, President Clinton had not talked to him on their way back from Yitzhak Rabin's funeral on Air Force One, and he felt snubbed and therefore he shut down the government. Uh, this time, uh, years of his administration, the Republicans controlled both houses of the Congress. Uh, President Trump was unable to get funding for his supposed wall, and now he's throwing a tantrum much like Newt Gingrich did and making federal employees pay the price. And David Bora, what about this uh, 
this uh, freeze on the cost of living increases that workers are supposed to uh, receive in January. Again, this is not the first time this has happened. It's and it's happened not just under Republican presidents, but also under Democratic presidents that the uh, White House has used uh, pay scheduled pay increases for federal workers to, uh, in in essence, raid the federal workers' money uh, in order to, to deal with other issues in the budget. That's right. Um, they we've we've said they've they've used the federal employees' pay and benefits as an ATM for many years. Uh, there was pay freezes under the Obama administration, and now President Trump has uh, stopped the pay increase that was already slated for 2019. Uh, we still have uh, broad support in the Congress for that pay increase, so we're hopeful and we're working every day to revive that. Uh, in, in the new Congress. But um, yes, it's part of a pattern where uh, the politicians uh, try to balance their books on the backs of federal workers. Heidi Barakowitz, can you talk about the working people who are not being paid right now? Um, from the airports, the busiest time, the holiday time, to the prisons. Yes. Uh, the named plaintiffs uh, in the lawsuit both work for the Federal Bureau of Prisons. They have extremely dangerous jobs over the last two years. The, prisons, the Federal Bureau of Prisons has become incredibly understaffed, critically understaffed. So these people who are working dangerous jobs are also having to work excessive amounts of overtime. And they're having to do it, and they don't know when the shutdown's going to end, when they're going to get their next paycheck. I can't imagine what it's like to walk into a federal prison and not know if today's the day something bad's going to happen, and also be worried about how I'm going to pay my mortgage, when I'm going to get my next paycheck, how I'm going to buy groceries for my kids. Um, it's not just the Federal Bureau of Prisons. As David said, it's TSA workers during the busiest time of the year in the airports, federal law enforcement, federal firefighters, all of the people who we think of as first responders. And, and David Bohr, assuming this uh, thing is resolved uh, soon, hopefully, or in the next week or two, what is, uh, uh, what's the historical record in terms of how people are made whole? Will Congress pass a, uh, a budget resolution that, in, in essence, uh, provides back pay to both those who worked without pay as well as those who were furloughed? What's been the usual procedure? That's right. The, the, we will um, work closely with our, um, our key members of Congress, and in past shutdowns, um, they've adopted, uh, along with the resolution to reopen the government, funding for back pay for both those who are uh, working um, without pay and for those who are furloughed through no fault of their own and, and sitting home with no prospect of, a, of their next paycheck. So talk about who essential workers are and how it's decided who gets, who is forced to pay. And Heidi, I wanted to ask you about overtime. Are workers who are not being paid right now also being forced to work overtime? Um, so who gets furloughed uh, and who has to work without pay? Well, the employees who are determined to be essential are literally just that. They are the essential people that are needed to keep our country functioning, to keep the rest of us safe. Um, as I mentioned before, the people that run the Federal Bureau of Prisons, there's approximately 120 federal prisons around the country, TSA, federal law enforcement. 
Um, and so these are, people are absolutely working during the shutdown without pay. Um, and they are required to work overtime. Uh, one of the named plaintiffs in the case went into work at 4 p.m. on New Year's Eve, expecting to get off at 12 a.m. Uh, because of the understaffing, he was mandatory and had to stay until 8 a.m. the next morning. Um, that's happening routinely, and all of these employees are not getting paid for it while they're doing this work. And, of course, when you have understaffed prisons, you have less safe prisons for the prisoners as well. Absolutely. And, and David Bohr, this whole issue of which uh, this is a partial shutdown. There are many uh, government agencies that are functioning. We all saw the the uh, uh, all of the press releases over NASA's uh, recent uh, 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 flights. Uh, uh, could you talk about how the decision is made, which agencies are to be uh, closed down or not funded, and and which uh, continue to function? Yeah, it's all about the appropriations process in Congress and. Um, about half of the government, or more than half actually, uh, is already funded separately through congressional action that was approved uh, at some point earlier that's still in effect. So, for example, you mentioned NASA, uh, the Social Security Administration, the VA. Those are all running as usual on, on the basis of funding uh, that was approved separately at an earlier time. Uh, as it happened, the, the um, appropriations bill for uh, the Department of Homeland Security and some of these other departments, agriculture and several others, uh, was what was expiring here at the end of the year. And so those are the agencies now that are affected by this. Hmm. And could you talk about this whole issue of co constantly doing continuing resolutions instead of actually getting a, an annual budget approved uh, so that uh, both the agencies and their employees can have some sense of security uh, uh, in terms of their, uh, of their revenue streams? I, I wish I had the solution for that. The, our politics are such uh, that, uh, you know, getting an, an actual uh, government-wide budget resolution passed and approved by the president uh, has been virtually impossible for a long time. And so we...
how can you do it when you keep trying to rip me off? How in the world can you call me brother when we can't even have a man to man talk? And I'm telling you, Yeah. 
Nuts. This country is full of nitwits and assholes. You ever notice that? Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh my goodness. Right. Yes. Nitwits, assholes, fuck ups, scumbags, jerk offs, and dipshits. And they all vote. They all vote. Yeah. In fact, sometimes you get the impression they're the only ones who vote. 
You can usually tell who's been doing the voting by looking at the fucking election returns. Man, it sure ain't me out there wasting my time with a meaningless activity like that. You know those people on the Jerry Springer show? Those are the average Americans. Oh, yeah, believe me, below average can't get on the show. Can't get on. Below average are sitting home watching that shit on TV, getting ready to go out and vote, filling out their sample ballot. People are fucking dumb. You can say what you want about this country, and I love this place. I love the freedoms we used to have. I love it. I love that. You know? I love it when it didn't take a fucking catastrophe to get us to care for one another. I love the fact that we're on camera all the time from all angles. But you know what? You can say what you want about America. And I say I love this place. I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't live in any other time in history in any other place. But say what you want about America. Land of the free, home of the brave. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. Dumbass motherfuckers. You know? Yeah. Now, obviously, that doesn't include this audience. I understand that. You seem intelligent and perceptive, but the rest of them, holy jumping fucking shitballs. Dumber than a second coat of paint. And this ain't just ranting and raving. This ain't just blowing off steam. I got a little evidence to support my claim. It just seems to me, seems to me, that only a really low IQ population could have taken this beautiful continent this magnificent American landscape that we inherited. Well, actually, we stole it from the Mexicans and the Indians, but... Hey, it was nice when we stole it. It looked pretty good. It was pristine. Paradise. Have you seen it lately? Have you taken a good look at it lately? It's fucking embarrassing. Only a nation of unenlightened half-wits could have taken this beautiful place and turned it into what it is today, a shopping mall. A big fucking shopping mall. You know that? That's all you got. That's all you've got here, folks. Mile after mile of mall after mall. Many, many malls. Major malls and mini malls. They put the mini malls in between the major malls. And in between the mini malls, they put the mini marts. And in between the mini marts, you got the car lots, gas stations, muffler shops, laundromats, cheap hotels, fast food joints, strip clubs, and dirty bookstores. America the Beautiful. One big transcontinental commercial cesspool. And how do the people feel about all this? How do the people feel about living in a coast-to-coast -coast shopping mall? Well, they think it's just fucking dandy they think it is cool as can be because Americans love the mall they love the mall that's where they get to satisfy their two most prominent addictions at the same time shopping and eating millions of semi-conscious Americans day after day shuffling through the malls shopping and eating especially eating Americans love to eat they are they are fatally attracted to the slow death of fast food Hot dogs, corn dogs, triple bacon, cheeseburgers, deep fried butter, dipped in pork fat and cheese whiz, mayonnaise, soaked barbecued, mozzarella, patty melts. Americans will eat anything, anything, anything. If you were selling sautéed raccoons assholes on a stick, <laughs> Americans would buy them and eat them. Especially if you dipped them in butter and put a little salsa on them. This country is big time, pig time. Forget the bald eagle. You know what the national emblem of this country ought to be? A big bowl of macaroni and cheese. A big bowl, because everything in this country is king size. King size, extra large, and super jumbo. Especially the fucking people. 
Have you seen some of the people in this country? Have you taken a good look at some of these big, fat motherfuckers walking around? Big, fat motherfuckers. Oh, my God. Huge piles of redundant protoplasm lumbering through the malls like a fleet of interstate buses. The people in this country are immense, massive bellies, monstrous thighs, and big, fat fucking asses. And if you stand there for a minute and you look at one of them, you look at one of them, you, you, you begin to wonder, how does this woman take a shit? How does she shit? And even more frightening, how does she wipe her ass? Can she even locate her asshole? She must require assistance. Are paramedics trained in this field? And standing right next to her, of course, with a plate full of nachos and a mouthful of pie as her clueless fucking husband, Joe Sixpack. With his monstrous swollen beer belly hanging dangerously out over his belt, beer belt buckle, this guy ain't seen his dick since the Nixon administration. And if you stand there and you look at the two of them, you begin to wonder to yourself, do these people fuck? Is this man actually capable of fucking this woman? It doesn't seem structurally possible that these two people could achieve penetration. Maybe they're in that Cirque du Soleil or something. I'm telling you, the people in this country, are every, half, every one of them is 50 pounds overweight. They are gargantuan. And in the summertime, God help us, in the summertime, they all want to wear short pants. Jesus, Lord, protector of all that is good and holy, deliver me from fat people in short pants. They all got short pants, big bellies, fat thighs, and dumb kids. Short pants, big bellies, fat thighs, and dumb kids. Every one of them's got two dumbass kids with them. And the whole family is wearing T-shirts, and every one of them's got the same T-shirt. I'm with stupid. Apparently in this country, the stupids are an extended family. And besides wearing them t-shirts, everyone in the family's got on a backpack. They got a backpack strapped to their back so they can carry around lots of stupid shit. And the reason they got to carry their stupid shit strapped to their backs is because their hands must remain free at all times to hold food. And to get that food up to the mouth where it gets shoveled in with all the rest of the disgusting shit they ate that day. And another reason for the backpacks is these people are going to buy even more stupid shit. They ain't got enough stupid shit at home. They just had a stupid shit sale. They ain't got to buy more. They're going to go out in the parking lot and stuff this stuff into the big, fat, ugly, oversized SUV that's got plenty of room in it. Plenty of room in it for stupid shit and lots of room left over for these big, fat, ugly motherfuckers to get them home. Stopping, of course, for jelly roll and fried dough.
thanks everybody for tuning in and listening. Whether you're listening live or podcasting the show, listening in your car or whatever you on your phone, that's a great thing. That's a that's great. And thanks to those folks who have been with me, supporting me over the years, giving me courage and all that kind of thing to keep it up. And <laughs> and I keep it up uh, because I know you love it, and I know that I love it, and I know that there's so much competition out there. So you know, I I just want to say thank everybody. We, now, don't get me wrong. We're still going to be here. We're still going to be here. Some of the times may change, but we're still here because I'm taking on uh, – I'm wearing another hat. So we'll talk about that later on. I want to say bye-bye, everybody, and enjoy my shows, podcast shows, whether it's in the morning, the evening, <laughs> whenever. Uh, thank you very much, and we'll see you hopefully tomorrow <laughs> and uh, maybe some of the parts of the week but if not then you know we look for us we will be on all right bye-bye everybody take care see you next time
colors should have been